What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Market Marauder Show, being the market one trade at a time. Welcome to the podcast. It's going to be a pretty interesting episode. Going to be talking about some crypto news as well as some events in the stock world. Uh, so, welcome to the podcast. And thank you all for joining. Uh, so, first, I'm going to talk about some of the crypto things going on in the market. Uh, Bitcoin's price at the time. Recording is $31,234, Ethereum is $1,763, and Dogecoin is at $0.23. Cents. So overall, pretty bearish on the crypto market in general, uh, but I think we're going to bounce back from this. A uh, lot of movement going on, a lot of big moves going on that we'll be talking about uh, during this segment. So let's jump into some of the crypto news. Uh, first being El Salvador's Bitcoin law effective in September. So if you're not familiar, uh, they had a conference down in Miami uh, called Bitcoin 2021. A lot of the big movers and shakers in the crypto space went down to Miami to talk about a path forward for cryptocurrencies. Um, and one of the people who came down was the president of El Salvador. And he basically explained that he wanted uh, the country to begin to use Bitcoin as legal tender. Now, this is going to make the country the first country um, in the world, basically, to have Bitcoin as legal tender, um, which will definitely help the country, El Salvador, moving forward. But it's definitely looked at as a controversial move as far as taking this cryptocurrency and making it um, legal tender for the country. So uh, basically, he stated this week that every person in El Salvador will be given e-wallets uh, with $30 worth of crypto already loaded onto it. So essentially, it's going to be a hardware wallet. Uh, hardware wallet being um, you can physically have these uh, tokens loaded onto a wallet, which kind of looks like a uh, USB drive, and then have them secured with you. So um, a software wallet being the opposite, it's stored on the internet somewhere. Uh, both come with seed phrases to unlock them if you lose your password. Uh, but overall, having these wallets preloaded, giving $30 to every citizen. So uh, the effect of having the legal tender final move is going to be on September 7th, which is going to be a pretty groundbreaking day for Bitcoin in general, um, and definitely one to look at for people who are interested in a, another bullish run of Bitcoin. Uh, so the president, uh, Naib uh, Bukli, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, made the announcement during the national address on Thursday, so that was his previous Thursday. Uh, the government will use uh, Chivo e-wallet preloaded with US $30 for Bitcoin. Everyone who downloads it, uh, ElSalvador.com reported. Um, and then $30 in Bitcoin will be sent to users' wallet once they verify the identities via the app's face recognition software, according to the video, um, uh, as one of the features that was presented on Friday. On June 9th, the law was passed uh, by a supreme majority in El Salvador's liter uh, legislature with 62 members voting in favor of the bill and 19 people opposing uh, and three abstain. Uh, so the country's Bitcoin law would make Bitcoin legal tender where merchants must accept it alongside the U.S. dollar. Um, Opposition has been mounting against uh, the country's new legislative law with arguing that it violates El Salvador's uh, constitution. So it is a very con uh, controversial move uh, for the country moving forward, uh, but definitely 
I'm going to see it as a groundbreaking thing for cryptocurrency in general, in my personal opinion, especially when you have uh, countries like China who are starting to shut down uh, the mining of cryptocurrency and people using cryptocurrency. And then you also have uh, countries like Thailand, uh, Thailand's SEC uh, banned basically all cryptocurrencies, including NFTs. Uh, so it's definitely going in the opposite direction. Uh, but I kind of look at crypto the same way as I look at the cannabis world. Um, you know, when Amsterdam kind of made its laws to make cannabis uh, legal, it was kind of like on display for the world of like, hey, this is how this is going to function. Uh, this is how it's going to work. And it was basically a social, I guess, social cosm uh, of how that specific entity worked in government as well as socio and economic. Uh, so I think that's going to be the same thing uh, with Bitcoin in El Salvador. I think a lot of people don't really oppose it. I think they're just going to wait on the sidelines and see how it works. If it is efficient, I can see a lot more people jumping onto this. But overall, for the price of Bitcoin, I think it may potentially go up, especially if the government is funding $30 uh, per person in USD for everyone getting uh, to this Bitcoin wallet. Next, we're going to talk about um, Athena to install 1,500 uh, ATMs in El Salvador following its Bitcoin loss. So Athena uh, being one of the main uh, distributors of ATMs uh, that you can buy and sell Bitcoin, said they're going to get 1,500 ATMs. Uh, funding of $1 million will help um, get operations underway, including hiring of additional staff and opening an office in the country's uh, proposed Bitcoin law expected uh, to come into effect September 7th. So it seems like they're getting a lot of ATMs uh, up and running so people will have access to buy and sell more Bitcoin, uh, which will definitely help, you know, the use case for Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, 1500 isn't really that much uh, as far as ATMs are concerned, but it's still, like I said, is a social use case of having that entire infrastructure already built so that people can go and get Bitcoin for themselves and learn how the whole crypto ecosystem works. Uh, next, we'll talk about uh, Colombia. Colombia <clears throat> being the country. Uh, Colombia's capital unveiled $750,000 uh, blockchain investment plan. Uh, so the companies can apply to Bottega Innovation Technology and Creative Industries Fund uh, for investment as of today. Uh, so today being June 5th, uh, when the article is released, so Columbia's capital, uh, city, Botaga has unveiled a $2.8 billion Colombian peso, uh, investment program to finance blockchain companies, um, investments, uh, between roughly 2,600 and 13,300 will be made in a hundred companies, which will receive uh, advice on implementing blockchain technologies into their businesses, uh, models, Colombian publications, Semina, uh, reported on June 22nd. Uh, so companies can apply to Bottega Innovation uh, Technology and Creative Industry Fund for investment through the program uh, starting today. So there seems like they're trying to grow the blockchain uh, have some more companies come in to grow block blockchain infrastructure programs for the whole country. Uh, Colombia's financial regulator launched a cryptocurrency sandbox earlier this year, allowing banks to explore business models associated with handling crypto assets. Um, 
The country saw a major growth in crypto use uh, in 2020 with peer-to-peer marketplace local bitcoins reporting Colombia accounted for 11.3% of its global trading volume throughout the year. So a lot of growth with blockchain um, in the country of Colombia um, will definitely help them moving forward. Um, And so with that being said, I would say look at a lot of projects like Polkadot, Um, look at Ethereum and also look at Cardano. So um, those are, you know, three that I think uh, could benefit from, you know, this money being funneled in to build blockchains, uh, especially Cardano. Uh, Cardano already has um, some blockchain technology that they launched uh, partnering with the country of Ethiopia uh, to help with students learning. So they already kind of have an infrastructure with partnering with a different country to try to get these blockchain technologies up and running. So Cardano kind of being the number one one that I would look at. Um, it's currently at a dollar and twenty three cents, but you know, if more and more countries are starting to incorporate this blockchain technology, uh, which is basically setting up the infrastructure for getting these other cryptos out there, then I think uh, like Ethereum and Cardano, as well as Binance Smart Chain, uh, could definitely benefit from, you know, these countries funneling that money into these projects. So I definitely like to see the growth of that moving forward. And it seems like a lot of countries are starting to adopt more and more uh, cryptocurrencies as a feasible uh, source for tracking data as well as uh, forms of currency. And then on here, I also want to talk about uh, Robinhood. Robinhood recently has been delayed from their IPO. Uh, so it says Robinhood's planned IPO faces delays from SEC over crypto business. So Robinhood being, you know, the main platform that a lot of people were able to buy Dogecoin. Um, there's a guy who actually became a millionaire by uh, investing into a lot of Doge uh, when it was very cheap and then became a millionaire in that process. The app that he used was Robinhood. So it kind of was like free promotion for Robinhood, but I know a lot of people jumped into Dogecoin uh, back in the day when it was really dirt cheap, especially when, you know, Elon Musk started talking about Dogecoin. I know a lot of people that I know personally downloaded um, the Robinhood app and then start to buy more Dogecoin. So um, definitely uh, Robinhood benefited from, you know, allowing that cryptocurrency to be traded. Um, but it seems like it's kind of a double-edged sword because they're being delayed from their IPO. Uh, now, Robinhood's IPO is not anything new. They've been wanting to IPO for quite a while. But a report by Bloomberg on Thursday uh, cited several people chose uh, to close the matter, uh, saying the U.S. SEC has slowed plans uh, for the stock trading app to IPO. Uh, Robinhood's been aiming to uh, list their IPO. Um, since March, um, now the goal next month ahead of the July 4th weekend. Uh, so Robinhood has faced scrutiny, uh, from regulators over the year who allegedly, uh, the site encourages a game-like nature of trading, especially when it comes to, uh, inexperienced retail traders. So Robinhood's not a small entity, um, I mean, even Warren Buffett was talking about, uh, and Charlie Munger were talking about uh, Robin Hood and how they didn't agree that people were going and just blowing their money 
on Robinhood with not doing any due diligence. Um, and it kind of, you know, inflates the prices of the market when a lot of people are jumping in that don't really know what they're doing. Um, but I can see, um, you know, it definitely helps the retail investors who do their due diligence and do research and are able to benefit off of it um, because there's zero commission fee. So um, one of the main problems that I think Robinhood had was their margin, which were a lot of people were borrowing money to invest into a lot of these plays and just ending up upside down on a lot of them. That was one of the things that was frowned upon the most that I've seen. Uh, but other than that, I think the app is okay. Um, and I think, you know, if you're willing to do the research, you know, you can use any app that you want to, uh, you know, further your financial uh, freedom or financial education. Uh, Robinhood just seems to be the most popular one that I've seen so far. But there are other ones like Webull, uh, Fidelity, uh, TD Ameritrade. So don't, don't think that Robinhood is the only one that's out there. The majority of these platforms have commission-free, um, you know, trading that you can go and just begin trading uh, any stocks that you want to. So next, uh, we're going to talk about Apple. Uh, Apple's TV service faces its biggest test uh, yet as its free trials run out. So starting uh, on July, Apple will no longer provide its free uh, year of streaming service with purchase instead it will offer three months so it's not going to give you a whole year just three months also in july first subscribers to activate apple's promotional offer will start uh, to be automatically billed uh, for the service after watching it shows for nearly 21 months free apple still has a much smaller content library than its rivals netflix and disney uh, which seems to be one of the main I guess, grievances for Apple. Their products are fantastic, but uh, Netflix definitely, I would say, is number one as far as content is concerned. Uh, they put a lot of money behind their content, and their budget is, like, ridiculously high uh, for creating that new content. Um, Disney, I would say, is second. Um, I see that, you know, Disney has their direct-to-consumer thing, so you can go to the movies or see something. Or you can go and watch it on Disney uh, Plus. So that's kind of a, a great in-between. And Disney Plus, you know, is bundled with a lot of other things as well. Netflix still being, you know, one of the main ones with their own original series uh, doing very well. So I think Apple, you know, it's kind of a toss-up between, you know, what they want to uh I guess prioritize. I think overall Tim Cook is doing a fantastic job running the company. Um, I think there's been a lot of growth uh, under his leadership. Uh, probably one of my favorite CEOs uh, of all time. Uh, definitely uh, was able to take uh, you know the company and continue to grow it after you know the success uh, of the passing of. Steve Jobs, which, you know, everyone remembers uh, back in the day. So I think uh, that was definitely some big shoes to fill. But I think Tim Cook definitely has helped uh, do that successfully with uh, the growth of Apple thus far. So I don't think it's going to pose a problem. I mean, looking at the stock price for Apple, it's currently at $133.11. Uh, so not really, you know, too low as far as that's concerned, uh, but not at its, you know, highest it can be so definitely going to be looking to see um on some numbers on that how it can perform um as time goes on um it's high kind of 52 week high being like 145.09 so it's not too far 
um, from its all-time high or its 52-week high, but definitely, you know, could do some more growth going on. And I think it's just a small thing of just getting uh, a good team together of people who can, you know, figure out what customers really want uh, to watch. So uh, it might be helpful, you know, to take notes from Netflix. I know Netflix has began uh, doing its own little mini series that have done really well, as well as it's grown its uh, anime catalog uh, for some time now. Uh, one move that I think uh, could help at Apple is if they partnered with like a company like Crunchyroll. So uh, there's been a huge growth of people who have gotten into anime um, to, you know, animated series as time has gone on. Um, it used to be like a there weren't really many people who got into animated series, but uh, anime is just growing more and more every day. And Apple is just sitting on a large amount of cash. I think if they do a partnership with a company like Crunchyroll, then you're getting millions of people, international as well as uh, local in the States, uh, that will have access to um, you know, that community. So you're accessing a large community. I mean, there are conventions around anime uh series so you know i think feeding that in there wouldn't really be any more work you would have to do as a company it's not like you have to go and make new series like netflix does you just be incorporating a company that already exists integrating it into your platform allowing people to have access to it with the device that you currently have and then i think you could grow from there that'll be a great foundation for their growth uh moving forward so uh Tim Cook hears this. That's definitely a great uh, plan moving forward uh, for the company as far as uh, strategically building up uh, the Apple TV uh, service. <clears throat> Next, we'll talk about uh, Bank of America. So Bank of America CEO uh, detailed a back-to-office plan um, centralizing on the vaccines, uh, vaccinated employees first. So Bank of America's uh, back-to-office efforts are concentrated among vaccinated employees right now. Uh, CEO Brian uh, Mahonian uh, told CNBC on Monday. So the basic concept is from now to Labor Day or mid-September, uh, you're kind of in a transition mode, is what he said. So, so the interview with uh, Squawk Box said uh, about 60,000 people in the U.S. have told us that status um so they're basically planning to try to get people back into the office since a lot of people have been working remotely um in their banks and in their corporate office um and then coming up with some sort of hybrid planning model so uh come into the office for a couple of days a couple of days a week and then you know still working remotely before you can seamlessly integrate all these people uh, back into the workspace. So um, I think a lot of companies are going to be facing that, making new policies about how work is going to be handled uh, in the future. Um, but overall, I think very interesting plan uh, that Bank of America is coming up with. And I think it just is telling that, okay, um, these are what corporate companies are starting to look at moving forward, uh, kind of their main plans. They're not overlooking it. Um, health and well-being of employees is paramount to majority, if not all companies, um, you know, moving forward. And you want to have a seamless integration uh, between those who can come back and those who have not come back, 
who cannot come back um, to the workplace, um, and then also, you know, making some sort of plan on those who would prefer to, you know, work from home and those who have the capability to come back into the office. So um, definitely a lot of um, interesting conversations and plans that I see moving forward uh, in corporate America around the world uh, now that, you know, the vaccines are out um, and more and more people are getting vaccinated every day. So going on to the vaccines, uh, the FDA adds warning about rare heart inflammation in the Pfizer and Moderna uh, vaccines. Uh, So the U.S. FDA uh, on Friday added a warning uh, to patient and provider fact sheet uh, for the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines uh, to indicate a rare risk of heart inflammation. Uh, For each vaccine, the fact sheets were revised to include a warning about myocarditis and precardits after the second dose uh, with the onset of symptoms within a few days after receiving the shot. Uh, So health officials uh, said the benefits of receiving the vaccine still outweigh any risk. Um, There have been just 12.6 heart inflammation cases per million doses for both combined. Um, So this article uh, recently came out. This came out today, actually, uh, the time of recording this. Uh, which is on a Saturday, so I think uh, it will definitely be something to consider, you know, moving forward in the market. Uh, I think there's still some uncertainty out there on people, whether they should or shouldn't get uh, the vaccine. That's not what uh, this show is for, though. I'm not telling you what to do uh, with your body. You can do whatever. Um, but I think as far as a financial uh, standpoint is concerned, uh, the price of Pfizer is currently $38.98. Uh, went up to 39.02, and then Moderna is currently at uh, $219.94. So I think uh, with Pfizer and Moderna being the two main, you know, suppliers of, of vaccines um, in the country, I think this may potentially affect the stock price uh, on Monday. Um, you know, it's an alarming concern, something that people uh, are already a little bit concerned about. Um, so, you know, I think uh, we could see a small price drop for both Moderna and Pfizer uh, on Monday, uh, some potential selling off, um, you know, so just make sure if you have those in your portfolio, maybe a good time to buy um, if, you know, the price does continue to drop. So Pfizer ending at 39.02, so it actually went up after hours, but Moderna going down uh, 14 cents after hours. Uh, so definitely um, look at these when the market opens. So um, a new level I'll probably look at for uh, Moderna uh, if it does fall uh, for a p- potential buying point, probably be about 150 um, if it falls that far. And then for Pfizer, uh, probably going to be looking at uh, a price point around $33 to uh, $31. So definitely going to be looking at that uh, moving forward if it does drop uh if both of those do drop, maybe a potential buying opportunity. So definitely going to be looking at those and see how this news affects the stock price. So next we're going to Tesla. Uh, Tesla, to recall, um, nearly 300,000 China-made Model 3 and Model Y vehicles. Uh, now, Tesla last week was pretty bullish. Um, they went up just a little bit um, overall. Uh, but they did in the week at $668.70, kind of been hovering around that $500 to $600 uh, 
between 500 and I'd say $700 range uh, for quite some time now. It's been like almost over a month. I uh, would like to see them uh, continue to grow, but really they're kind of overvalued in my opinion still at the price that they're at. I think a realistic level for Tesla to be at is around uh, $400 or $402. I think that's a realistic price target for them. Uh, so I think they still have some more uh bearish momentum ahead of them um, I don't think this article is going to be the indicator that does that uh, but I think you know there hasn't really been many, much innovation in my personal opinion uh, from the company not really any news in quite a while uh, but you know they are busy building their new factories um, so definitely you know people are busy doing that so uh, Chinese regulators said on Saturday Tesla would recall nearly 300,000 China-made and imported Model 3 and Model Y cars for the online software update related to assisted driving. Owners are not required to return the vehicles as it would be remote online software recall. Uh, Chinese regulators said uh, that they will recall the 300,000 uh, vehicles. Uh, the state administration uh, for market regulations said on its website that the move is linked to assisted driving function in electric cars, which can currently be activated by drivers accidentally causing uh, sudden acceleration. Uh, so the remote online software recall uh, for uh, a first Tesla car built in China covers 249,855 China-made Model 3s. And for Model Y cars, there are about 35,665 imported Model 3 sedans. Um, Tesla is now making Model 3 sedans and Model 3 Model Y sports utility vehicles in Shanghai and has sold about 33,463 China-made electric vehicle cars in May. And this is according to uh, the industry data. So uh, they're chugging along, continuing to make more and more vehicles, um, very slick cars. I like the company overall, though. Um, can't afford a Tesla at the current moment, uh, but... Definitely like the vehicles. I think they're pretty cool. Um, I would say number one in the EV space. Number two, I would say it was probably going to be GM. Uh, GM is looking fantastic with their uh, new EV models um, that they're you know trying to come out with. Uh, I like the new uh, EV Cadillac. It looks really nice. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Hummer. Um, and then for Ford, you have the uh, Ford Lightning, which looks really nice as well. So more and more companies are starting to come out uh, with electric vehicles. Um, so it's starting to become the norm. And, but uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how all of these compete uh, with the kind of advantage Tesla already has. Next, we'll talk about Virgin Galactic. Uh, so Virgin Galactic uh, has... An FAA approves passenger spaceflight license. Uh, so this is a huge, uh, you know, milestone for the company. Uh, so Virgin and Virgin Galactic announced Friday that the Federal Aviation Administration granted the company the license it needed to fly passengers into or well, on future spaceflights. Uh, the commercial license that 
we have had in place since 2016 remains in place, but now it's cleared to allow us to carry commercial passengers uh, when we're ready to do so. So um, that is a huge milestone in my personal opinion, uh, because without that license, it would have been difficult uh, to even do their business model that they were planning to do, which was uh, sending people to space uh, for um, kind of touristic uh, flights. So definitely uh, a huge milestone for the company. Going to be looking to see how this uh, helps them grow and potentially more launches in the future. Uh, so their current stock price um, is around $55 or $58.68. Um, and it is jumping up um, at the current moment. So uh, if you look at the chart, you'll see there's been a dramatic rise uh, since that news came out, um, almost touching the uh, $62.80 52-week high. So that's going to be a level that I'm going to look at for next week to see if it can hit that 62.80 and go past. Um, then it'd be some uh, definitely definite uh, bullish momentum continuing uh, from this uh, news coming up. So congrats to everybody out there. Uh, Virgin Galactic for having that uh, come through. And lastly, we'll talk about Amazon. Uh, so Amazon acquires a secure chat app used by government agencies. Uh, so Amazon Web Agents Web Services uh, has acquired uh, Wicker, a popular secure messaging platform. Uh, what the company announced, and Amazon's cloud computing business has acquired Wicker an encrypted messaging platform used by government agencies uh, and enterprises. The company announced Friday uh, the terms of the deal were disclosed, so it means a private deal. Uh, they announced it comes as Amazon Web Services looks to pick more government business. AWS has been locked in a protracted legal battle with Microsoft uh, over Pentagon's multi-billion dollar cloud deal. Um, thousands of government agencies use Amazon's cloud computing services. Uh, so it definitely is a pretty big move uh, forward for the company, kind of a very good strategic move um, and, you know, led under the direction of the new CEO. So um, I think Andy Jassy uh, is doing a pretty good job uh, filling in the shoes of Jeff Bezos. Um, so, you know, getting those uh, government contracts definitely helps the company uh, moving forward uh, and will help, uh, you know, build the company's infrastructure by getting, you know, more and more uh, contracts under their belt. Um, and if, you know, this business is a business that's crucial to a lot of uh, different, you know, government contracts, then it will help the company uh, moving forward. So definitely going to be interested to see what they're going to use uh, this software for and, Excited to see uh, them move forward as a company. So uh, that's going to be wrapping it up uh, on the information. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Uh, I try to make these videos uh, on the weekend. So if you want to write down um, when I come on, it'll usually be on the weekends. Uh, so just bear that in mind. Uh, but thank you for listening to the Market Marauder Show, and you all have a great rest of the weekend. Be safe out there trading, uh, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.